Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Father God, what what an incredible privilege for us to all be gathered here this evening. Lord, what an incredible privilege for us to be able to come and, and celebrate a weekend that marks the foundation of our faith. Lord, for us to come and just celebrate what, what was once mourned. But Father God, we have the incredible perspective to be able to see what a moment of what appeared to be loss has counted for the good of humanity, for the good of us here tonight, Lord. For what you were willing to give up so that we could be with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have an appointment with each and every one of us this weekend. Lord, that we are not here by chance. We might have been invited by a friend, but that also didn't happen by chance. Lord, I thank you that you have us here deliberately, that you have us here on purpose. No matter where we are from around the country, around the world, it doesn't matter. No matter what our intentions were with coming, I thank you that you have a plan. So, Father God, I thank you that this evening, as we just come and and lay down all our stuff, as Uncle George said earlier, we just come and lay down our stuff, Lord. We lay down our agenda for the weekend. We lay down our hurts that we want to hang on to because someone hurts us. Lord, we come and we lay down our pride. We come and we lay down our excuses. We come and we lay down all of these things this weekend, Lord. And we pray that you will come and speak into these lives, starting with me, Lord. Lord, and that you will come and give us rest in you this weekend, Lord. We commit tonight to you, Lord. Tonight's not about me. Tonight's not about a band. Tonight's not about lights or any of those things. They're very nice and they're awesome and all of those things. But Lord, let all the stuff disappear into the background. And will you come and take center stage tonight, Father? And come and address our hearts. And come and bring the change that only you can. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you to our worship team. Can you believe it? National Rally 2023. This is by far my favorite weekend of the year. Yes, because it's National Rally. That's awesome. I love National Rally. I've been doing National Rally since they started. And I'm not even joking. (laughs) 
I was embarrassed that I couldn't remember where half of them were. I was like, I was having too much fun. I didn't care where I was. But what I love most about this weekend is what this weekend means. What I love most about this weekend is what we celebrate through Easter. So, you know, I give my kid the eggs. I'm not that guy, you know. I don't, I don't burn everything because someone else got involved. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy who still does Christmas gifts. Thank you, Jesus, for Christmas presents. Um, I'm not that guy, but I am this guy. I'm the guy who likes to focus on what it's all about. I'm the guy who likes to come back and, and remember, why do we do this? I mean, it's lacquer, don't get me wrong. I love coming and camping with you guys. I hate camping, but I love coming and camping with you guys. I just spent 10 days in Namibia sleeping on a mattress, on, I mean, a sleeping bag on the floor. Didn't shower for eight days. Amen. I didn't even have to put my pants down at night. I just placed them down and I left them there and they'd stay. Then in the morning I'd come and I'd just climb into them. It was awesome. I hate camping, <laughs> but I love camping with you. I love this weekend because we get to rub up against each other and swap out stories of what's been going on, what God's doing in our lives. Yes, the struggles that we faced and the challenges that we face, but ultimately it's family coming together. It's a homecoming. And we celebrate that. But what we celebrate most of all is the fact that 2,000 years ago, God saw fit to give His best in exchange for our worst. And I can't thank Him enough for that. I cannot thank him enough for that because I don't deserve to stand on this platform. I don't deserve to be called his son. But in his eyes, I'm righteous. I'm in right standing with him. And not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did on my behalf. And the same counts for you here this evening. So I love Easter because of National Rally and because we celebrate the fact that God made it possible for us to have a relationship with Him. And that, my friends, is worth celebrating even with an Easter egg or two. Amen. Thank you. I can see I stepped on some holy toes there. You can, you can come and rebuke me afterwards. Okay, I'm used to it. Great. So this evening as we consider Easter, what is the symbol of Easter? If we could kind of call it that. The cross, I heard it over there. Thank you. I'll say. The cross, the cross is the symbol of Easter. We could even say that the way that the swoosh is the symbol of Nike, so the cross is the symbol of our faith. Isn't that the truth? Um, I like the fact that the cross is empty. But, uh, but the cross could, could very well be the symbol of our faith. And that's mind-blowing if you haven't really thought about it. Because if you know what a cross originally was, you would find it mind-blowing. Because in the first century, when people saw the cross, 
when people saw a cross, it struck fear in their hearts. You see, the cross was, was notoriously used by the Romans. Yes, by, by, other, by other groups of people as well, but the Romans really made it famous. You know? um, the, the, the Romans loved using the cross, not as a symbol of our faith, but as an instrument of torture and death. They would ultimately take the worst of the worst criminals and they would take two pieces of timber, pretty big timber, um, and put them together, quite often in the shape of a T. Um, we can believe that Jesus' cross was in the shape of a cross because they still stuck a little sign above his head that said, here hangs the king of the Jews. But this this structure would be put up and a person's hands and feet would be nailed to this cross. Now, whether you believe it was through the hand or through the wrist, we can have a debate on that all night. Bottom line is, nailed to the cross, feet put together, nailed to the cross. And the person would be left there to hang until they died. Now, if you haven't clicked yet, um, putting a nail through your hand is not fatal. Okay, I've, I've done something similar, and I'm here to tell the tale. Um, so so the, the, the wounds inflicted by the nails and the hammer, they weren't what caused the death. What caused death was the fact that the position in which the person was hanging, they would ultimately asphyxiate to death. They would suffocate to death. They, they would hang in a way that ultimately their rib cage would collapse in and their lungs wouldn't be able to function the way that they should. And they, they, they wouldn't be able to breathe at all. And ultimately, they would just suffocate to death. And this could take hours, it could take days, depending on how strong and fit the person was. If it was taking too long for the Roman officer's likings, they'd come along with a big blunt instrument, probably the close, closest thing to a baseball back, back, back in those days, and they'd come and they'd break the criminal's legs so that they couldn't push themselves up anymore to breathe, and then in minutes, they'd suffocate to death. That's the cross. The cross was a symbol of, of, of shame. The cross was a symbol of loss. The cross was a symbol of, of regret. So then I've got a question for you. How come do we see crosses everywhere? <laughs> let, 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 me, let me run this experiment quickly. How many of you have a cross up in your house somewhere? somewhere. And don't worry, there are no trick questions here. I'm not going to like scold you for it. Can you just keep your hand up? So you've got a cross in your house. Okay. How many of you have a piece of clothing with a cross on it? Anyone that can be added to that? Okay. Who has a cross tattooed on their body somewhere? Okay. We've got a couple of those. Fantastic. Um, so if we look around, I want to say that most people have a cross somewhere. Around. Maybe you've got a piece of jewelry, like you've got a nice, nice chain and you've got this duck cross hanging around your neck. Again, I've got nothing against it whatsoever right? But we see crosses everywhere. 
if the cross is the symbol of torture and death, then why on earth do we see Christ? Yeah, we see them at grave sites. We see them next to the road where, where loved ones have passed away. But we also see them on top of churches. We, we, we see them in, in, in holy places. So why do we see crosses everywhere if the cross is the symbol of torture and death? And it really comes down to one man. It really comes down to one man. And his name's Jesus. And if you're here this evening and, um, and you came along with a friend and you don't really regard yourself as a Jesus follower, you just came along for the weekend, it is awesome to have you here. We are so grateful that you are here this evening. We're so grateful and we trust that you're going to enjoy the weekend with us. But you see, the, 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 the life of Jesus, we look at him and we go, God. Some of us sitting here tonight might not say, Jesus is God. When I look at the historical Jesus, there is no doubt in my mind that a man walked the face of this planet by the name of Jesus. The life of Jesus is the most proven life in ancient history. We're fortunate enough to, within, within our, 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 our Bible today, our, our, our New Testament scriptures, we have four accounts of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Beyond that, there are several secular accounts of the life of Jesus. Uh, some of them don't like him very much, but they record his life. If you're looking into wanting to read one of those, those secular texts, there's an there's a ancient historian by the name of Josephus. You can go and read up what Josephus had to say about the life of Jesus. Ramon, why on earth are you talking about Josephus and the historical Jesus? Here's the thing, guys and ladies. Did Jesus exist? Yes. Any historian worth his salt will tell you Jesus existed. Where we differ is that he rise from the dead or not. That's where we might differ. But did Jesus exist? 100%. And because of this man, Jesus, every single person sitting in this room, people outside of this room, people all around the world, whenever we see a cross, we think of one man. And his name's Jesus. And see, what Jesus did was Jesus came and he transformed the way that we look at a cross. Before Jesus, we looked at this cross and all we saw was shame. We saw hurt. We saw pain. We saw loss. And then there was Jesus. And he lived this blameless life. This life that none of us could live. And he lived it. And then he came out and he said some crazy stuff. He said he was God. You don't get away with that in ancient history. Heck no. You'll be taken up on that. And for those of us who are sitting here, and, and, and again, you might be visiting and you might be going, ah, oh, I'm not sure about this whole God thing. He was a really nice guy and, you know, maybe a prophet. And I don't think Jesus gets to get away with being a nice guy. I think there are two plausible um, realities around Jesus. Number one, either he was a madman who claimed to be God, claimed to be the Son of God. 
like Jeffrey Dahmer kind of nuts. Or he was telling the truth. So either he's a madman or he's the son of God. Personally, I believe there's significant proof that shows me that Jesus was who he said he was. That he was the son of God. That he is the son of God. So here Jesus comes along. He claims to be the son of God. He's arrested for this crime and ultimately crucified on this cross. He's taken to a grave. He's buried. And three days later, he rises from the dead. And right there, everything changed. Right there, the way that we look at the cross shifted. We stopped seeing a thing of loss. And we started seeing something of hope. We, started, we, 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 stopped, we stopped looking at, at death and destruction. We started seeing something that reminds us of victory. That reminds us of, of fullness of life. That's what Jesus did with a cross. I want to ask you this. If Jesus can do that with a cross, what can he do with you? What can he do with you? If he can transform the way that we see two pieces of wood, what transformation can he bring in your life? Maybe another good question for us tonight is this. What areas of my life do I need to allow God to come and redefine? I don't know your life story. I don't know what you're struggling with right now. I don't know what you're facing right now. But that resurrection power of Jesus, it was the Apostle Paul who said that the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. Like we have access to it. It's here. It's available. It's not something out there. Again, my trip to Namibia. Um, uh, one day I had sunstroke and I thought I was going to die. It's as simple as it is. So I ended up being put in the van with one of the guys and he's driving and he says, oh man, I'd love to, to find the, the, what do you call it? The, the Ark of the Covenant. Imagine the power that's in it. <laughs> I sat there and I was like, man, I'm going to ruin this guy's day. <laughs> I said to him, you know what I reckon? I reckon that the thing that made it powerful was the fact that it contained the Spirit of God. He's like, exactly! <laughs> I'm like, you know where that Spirit is right now? His eyes get big and I go, it's in here. He's <laughs> like, what? I'm like, so what happened, man. When that curtain tore on Good Friday... That spirit left that place, my buddy, and it found a new home, and he found a home in us. See, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives 
in you and me. When we say yes to Jesus coming and taking all of me, not just the little sections that I want to give him, but all of me, when I say, Jesus, come, be Lord of this life, man, he chooses to make his home in me. He chooses to make his home in you. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we have access to today, guys and ladies. What area of your life are you sitting with right now where you need that power of Jesus to come and bring about the transformation that is needed? Maybe you're sitting right now with a serious health issue and you need God to come and redefine what that looks like. Maybe right now you're sitting with you're sitting with a marriage that's busy falling apart, that, that feels like it's absolutely dead. And you'd need Jesus' resurrection power to come and visit your marriage, to come and redefine what your marriage looks like. Maybe you've got some job stuff going on right now where you don't know what you're walking into on Tuesday. And you are desperately in need of Jesus coming and redefining your work situation. I don't know what it is, but you do. And here's the good news. So does God. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. If he could re, reshape the way that we look at a cross, guys and ladies, what can he do with your life? What can he do with your life? I was on this Namibia trip, as I mentioned, and the one day I did have heat stroke. And while I was off on the side, vomiting my guts out and rewriting my last will and testament, I had this old woman come up to me. And he came and he brought me this twig, this branch. He came and brought me this thing. He walks up to me, keeping in mind, I think I was vomiting at the time that he walked up to me. But anyways, walks up to me and he says, says, Ramon, do you know what this is? I promise you, what was going through my head was, do I look like freaking Bear Grylls? I'm not from the Cape. We don't have Feinbos and Dussies. I come from Joburg. We've got Jacarandas and Rottweilers. That's all we have. I have no clue what this thing is. I didn't say that. I just said to him, yeah, I've got no idea. Blah. <laughs> and in that moment, he holds up this little bush. And I'm like, are we going to smoke this thing now? Like, is this going to make me... This is going to make me feel better. Like, how does this work? What am I in for? I don't know. You know? Like, I know I'm on a trip in Namibia, but like, you know, we don't do mushrooms and stuff. You know? Like, we're just driving in Namibia, and it's like, yes, we so cafe. We're just, just chatting to, like, the trolls and... Catching a vibe. Anyways, it wasn't that sort of trip. I, I say to him, no, um, I don't know what this bush is. 
he looks at me and he says, Rowan, this is called a resurrection bush. <laughs> I'm like, do I eat it? What do I do? I need it. <laughs> he says, this is a resurrection bush. I'm like, okay. He says, it's, it's dry. In my mind, I'm looking at the bush. I'm like, no, bro, that thing's dead. It's not dry. <laughs> this is dry. And as you can see, I'm actually, you can actually see how dry it actually is. And he says, he comes with a, with a cut-off half, a two-liter Coke bottle full of water. And he says, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it in here. I'm going to leave it for the night. And in the morning, you come tell me what you see. I'm like, Lacquer, thank you. I'm going to go sleep. Yeah. And guys and ladies, the next morning I woke up. And this dry stick was brown and green and it found life just because it had been placed in the water. Just because what it, it got what it needed to be resurrected. Now, this is a flat-out experiment that I'm going to do with you for the whole weekend. I brought some home. And I'm going to leave it here. Because here's what happened. The next morning when I saw that, I went to, the, well, his name's Bontus. I went to him and I said, Bontus, check this out. And I showed him. And he looked at me and he said this to me. He said, Ramon, here's my prayer for you. Is that just like that little branch found new life. That so throughout this journey that we're on now, this trip. That so you will find new life in the areas of life where you need it. He said those areas of your life where you need resurrection that you will find it. Guys and ladies, tonight, if I could look each and every one of you in the eyes at the same time, my heart to you would be this. It's so easy for us to go from event to event, get goosebumps, go home, and nothing has changed. We've had the perfect opportunity. We had Bethel, then we had Francis Chan, and now we're here. National Rally. Got nothing against any of those folks. Love this stuff. But events aren't going to change my life. Jesus is. Me coming and meeting with Him. Me coming and engaging with Him. Me coming and pouring my life into His and allowing Him to pour His life into mine. That's what changes my life. Me looking at His resurrection and recognizing that I need that resurrection power in my life every single day day. See, he came and saved us. But that saving, we often go as this one-off event. But the reality is that there are moments every day of my life where I've got to go, Lord, Jesus saved me. I need you right now. I need your resurrection power in my life. And I want to repeat to you this morning, this evening, <clears throat> exactly what Uncle Bontus Repeat it to me. 
my prayer for you is that you will engage with Jesus this weekend. And that as you do, that all those areas of new life that you need to find, that you'll find it. That those areas in your life, whether it's a marriage or a health thing or a job thing or a social thing or a whatever thing, that you will find the resurrection power of Jesus in those areas of your life. That is my prayer for you. That when people look at your life, it'll be like they're looking at a cross. That they once saw it one way. And now when they look at you, they see something else. Why? Because the same way that Jesus can redefine two pieces of wood, so he can come and redefine the life that he's given you today. All you have to do is be willing. All you have to do is be willing. Lord, here's my life. Here's my life. I give it all to you. There were two thieves next to Jesus on the cross. One on his left, one on his right. One man, what did he do? All he had in him was blame and hate and mockery. If you really are the son of God, get yourself down from there. Heck, take it a step further. Get me down from here. And there was a second man. Didn't have blame. Didn't have hate. He had humility. He looked at the man. He said, do you not recognize who you're speaking to? You and I, we've done stuff to get ourselves hung up here. We've done something. We deserve this. This man is blameless. He's done nothing to deserve this. And he looks at Jesus and he says this. He says, today, when the lights go out on this side of eternity, will you remember me? Will you remember me? Jesus looks at him and he says, you can be sure of this. Today, you will be with me. In paradise. What was the difference between the two men? Blame. Mockery. Making excuses. The other man? Humility. I recognize what I've done. Forgive me. Will you remember me? Where do you find yourself tonight, guys and ladies? Are you the man who, or the woman who, Who's always blaming others for the situation that you're in? Are you always blaming people for for why you find yourself broken and alone and wherever you may be finding yourself? Or are you the person who can, in that moment, go, you know what, Lord, I take ownership of where I am. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? This life is yours. This life is yours. And I believe he looks at you and me as we are willing to humble ourselves. And he says, my boy, my girl, I'm telling you the truth. When the lights go out on this side of eternity, you'll see me. We'll be together. I'll remember you. You might be in a place tonight where you just feel lonely, where you just feel like, like you don't know if, if God is really around or not. 
I want to say this to you. I want to wrap up with this real quick. There's this moment on the cross where Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so many of us have so many theologies around that little moment. And that's great. I'm not going to get into that. Right now, if I had to... um, If I had to sing a song, in the name of love, one more, in the name of love. How many of you knew that that was the second line? Okay, no one, no one listens to music. Fantastic, that's awesome. Okay, maybe, let's bring it down a notch. Baby shark. Okay, you know the next line, great, we're winning. When we hear the first line of a song, we can generally figure out what the rest of the song sounds like, right? You know that the Psalms are songs? The Psalms are songs. The Psalms are songs that were written by David and and, and many other psalmists. Do you know that the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is the opening line of Psalm 22. We all know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 22 starts with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here Jesus on the cross, he goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as I said, we've got all kinds of theology around that. But as I look across the pages of history to us here tonight, I believe that God's communicating something to us through the words of Jesus right there and then. See, Psalm 22 doesn't end with line one. As you carry on in Psalm 22, later on in verse 24, it says this. David says, from my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He gets all the way down to saying, for he has not despised nor abandoned the affliction of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cries to him, he hears. He hears. Mr. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase in the message, he said this. He wrote it this way. He said, he has never let you down. Never looked the other way. When you were being kicked around, he has never wandered off to do his own thing. He's been right there listening. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You haven't. You've been there all along. Guys and ladies, there is no coincidence that there are three crosses on the hill of Golgotha. It is God communicating to you and to me loud and clear that yes, Jesus was there in body, but he was there in totality. Three crosses on that hill, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the moments where you think you've been abandoned, in those moments where you feel like you're alone, just remember, he has not abandoned you. His ear is open to hear and he listens. His heart is there for you. This is the way that he pursues you and me. This is the way that he pursues humanity. He's there for us. 
I wonder this evening, as you consider everything that we've said tonight, where do you find yourself? What is that area in your life where you need that resurrection power of Jesus? Can we play that video real quick? Is that good? Is that okay? Can I play a five-minute video real quick? Is that cool? You can't really argue with me, can you? Uh, thanks, guys. The cross. It was meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to last for days. It was meant for slow asphyxiation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was the Roman soldier's job. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead, it was used by God. It was meant to stop a movement, but instead it became the way. It was meant to act on fear, but instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead it became our peace. It was meant to uproot hope, but instead it became the seed. It was meant to punish captives, but instead it unleashed freedom. It was meant to build up Rome, but instead it built God's kingdom. It was meant to discourage rebels. It was meant to stop insurrection. It was meant to put down Jesus, but instead it set up his resurrection. It was meant to jeer and mock him, but instead it was his glory. It was meant to erase a chapter, but instead it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouth, but instead it's why we sing. It was meant to be a judgment, but instead it became our mercy. It's why the song of heaven is the lamb. The lamb is worthy. It was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters and diversion, but instead it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be appalling, nailing hands and feet to wood. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead it was used for good. It was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination. But instead, it became the symbol of Jesus' invitation. Come to the cross. Instead of sin and stain, you are meant to be made clean. Instead of being forgotten, you are meant to know you're seen. Instead of being ashamed, you can leave behind your guilt. Instead of feeling empty, you were meant to be fulfilled. Instead of being broken, you are meant to be made whole. Here, Calvary is calling. It beckons you. Behold, come to the cross. Instead of being an accident, you have a purpose and a plan. 
instead of being abandoned, you were chosen by his hand. For all who've said, I can't, God has said, I can. No matter what you've done, the invitation stands. Come to the cross. Instead of being doubtful, you are meant to know your father. You are meant to be his son and you are meant to be his daughter. You were cherished from the start. You are always in the picture. Instead of being a victim, you are meant to be a victor. The result of Jesus' blood, salvation has arrived. Instead of being dead, you are meant to be alive. He can do that with the cross. What can he do with you? What area of your life this evening do you need his resurrection? I don't know your story, but I do know that his promise is that you were meant to be alive. His promise was that he has come that we might have life and life to the full. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And then he goes on to say this, do you believe it? Do you believe, guys and ladies, do you believe it? For your life, not as an idea, not as a concept, for your life. For that place that you're battling with right now, that diagnosis, that conversation, that, that pending, pending um, court case, whatever it may be, do you believe that for your life? This evening, it would be so easy to just make some form of an altar call. But I want to ask you this in all sincerity, that if this evening you're in that place where you are in desperate need, of Jesus coming and redefining an area of your life, then I want to ask you to take a step of faith. I want to ask you to right there in your seat, just stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. I want to connect my faith with your faith and trust God for His work in your life. If that's you this evening, will you stand to your feet? Amen. Father God, I don't know what's going on in these lives, but I thank you that you know intimately what's going on in these lives. Lord, I can't do a thing to change it, but I thank you that you can do everything to change it. Lord, this evening, you see the hearts of these men and these women. You know their situations. You know their hurt and their pain. You know their frustrations, their anger, 
You know exactly what they're busy going through. I thank you that we do not have to twist your arm. But this, this evening we can just come to our, our loving Heavenly Father and just ask, Lord, will you bring your resurrection power into this area of my life? And right there where you are, standing in your seat, you just name that thing to Him. You don't have to do it out loud. If you want to, you can. Just in your own heart, just say, Lord, this thing, I need your resurrection power. I need you to come and redefine this thing in my life. Lord, I'm sorry for the role that I've played in getting myself here. I'm done blaming others. I'm done trying to find excuses. I own what I need to own, Lord. But Lord, in this area, I come and I hand it back to you. Will you come and redefine this thing according to your resurrection power in my life? I thank you, Lord, that we can give this to you tonight. I thank you that we can trust you with this, with every area of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that as we talk through Mission True all weekend, Lord, that it doesn't help that I go on a mission, but I'm broken. And I thank you tonight for your healing. We commit these lives to you. We commit these situations and circumstances to you. We commit it all to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. I don't know how to end that off. I want to say this to you. If you need prayer for something specific, we're going to have some folks up here after the service. They'd love to just pray with you. If you just feel like you need someone to chat to, Someone to pray with you. Someone to bounce something off of. We're going to have some folks up here praying for you. I want to say this to you. My hope is that this thing finds life the way that it found life in the desert when I was catching and thinking I was going to die. You can come and feel it afterwards and see that it's pretty much dead. My prayer is this, that on Sunday you're going to walk in here and this thing's going to have found life. And it's just a little bush. I'm not saying there's any magic powers or anything like that. It's just a little bush, okay? But it symbolizes something. And my prayer is that the, as this thing finds life through the weekend, that God is busy bringing the restoration that you need in your life right now. And that each time you walk past this little bush, and you start to see the green come through and the life starting to, 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 to be rejuvenated in this blinking little bush. That'll be such a clear reminder to you that God has not forgotten you. That God has not forgotten you. That your life matters to Him and that He is listening. 
and that He's redefining and that He is bringing restoration and new life. Amen. 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 I think we're going to sing out with a song anyone you want. I know we spoke about one earlier, but you go for it. Guys and ladies, this weekend, let's make a point of every morning and every evening and every waking moment to saying, Lord, this life is yours. And you are going to be amazed at what God can do with this life. If he can redefine two pieces of wood, what can he do with your life? If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.